this week's parsha, parsha's Vayera. This week's parsha, the Torah says, Vayikra paro to Moshe. Paro called to Moshe, Valaren. Paro called to Moshe and to Aaron, Vayemhetira Hashem. He said to them, Daven for Hashem. Pray to Hashem, Vayaser atvadeim imeni umei ami. Take away these frogs uh, from myself and from my nation. And so, Amba is Bukul Hashem. We find in the ensuing psukim that Hashem, that Moshe davens to take away the, uh, he prays and asks Hashem to take away the uh, the frogs, and they go away. Um, many instances it happens like this throughout the Torah. This week's parsha again, um, it says like this: Vayemer Elof Moshe, Kitesi Sayer Ephesus Kapai. When I will leave the city, this is by Borat, This is by the um, by the hail. I will I will spread out my hands. Hashem, Akolos Yechtolun. The sound, the the noise will stop. Abored lo yiyoid, and the uh, it's going to stop. The Mantediki Hashem Aris, and that's what the pasuk says. That Moshe went out and he davened that the uh, that it should stop, and it stopped. So I figured it would be appropriate for us to speak this evening about davening on people's behalf. The connection to the parsha, not such a great connection, but it's a connection anyway. So we find, we find in many instances in the Torah, people davening successfully um, for, other people, uh, for other people's behalf. For example, here it says in Parshas Lech Lecha, it says like this, Vatomer Sarai al-Avraham, or this is not an example, this is a claim. Vatomer Sarai al-Avraham, Sarai said to Avraham, she said to him, it's my, my violence is on you. I gave you Hagar. And she became pregnant. So what does it mean my violence is on you? It says Rashi, that the anger that comes upon me, I'm placing the, the, the punishment on you. When you dive into Hashem, what are you going to give to me? I'm barren. You're only down for yourself. You should have down for me also. So I was saying to him, if you daven for me, then it would help. You're only down for yourself. You didn't daven for me. That was her, that was uh, that was uh, what she was asking. She was saying it's not there. Sarah was saying this to Abraham. Abraham had a son, but She said, you should have done for me. She had the pinus. She had claims on him. Isn't it hard to believe that Abraham wouldn't Against everything that we've ever heard. It says that Rachel had the same issue. Rachel had the same issue. In Parshus Vayetzeh it says, Vatele Rachel ki lo yodol Yaakov. Rachel saw she didn't have children with Yaakov. Vatekani Rachel Vachosu. Rachel was jealous of her sister. Vatemel Yaakov. She said to Yaakov, Havili Bani, give me children. Mimai Meisha Anoichi. Mimai Meisha Anoichi. If you don't give me children, I'm dead. So what is it? How is Yaakov going to give children to Rachel? How is Yaakov going to get children? What is she, what is she asking for? So Rashi here says, Is this the way Yitzchak treated your mother Rivka? He doesn't for her, she should have children. Yitzchak doesn't for Rivka, you don't doesn't for me. 
Parshas Vayetze in the Chumash. Rashi says this. Rashi says that's what she said. Havali Banim. That's what she meant by give me children. She said Yitzchak, daven for uh, your father, daven for his wife, for your mother. This is just your Jews then. The beginning Parshas told us. But you didn't daven for me. This is what Sarah was saying to Abraham. You didn't daven for me. What makes us think that sometimes the answer is no? We're told that all the time. But sometimes the answer is no, but sometimes the answer is no. For Rivka, for Rivka, the answer was yes. I know, but that doesn't. He never that. says he didn't daven. He never says that he davened. He never says. Yaakov reacts. Uh, Yaakov got punished for his reaction. He said, "What am I, Hashem? What am I, God? I'm the one who's going to bring you the children. Hashem brings you the children." What? Here's another example. We find the examples that are all over the Torah, people davening for other people. When uh, Miriam, at the beginning, at the end of Parshas Baloscha, when Miriam became uh, sick with Taras because she said Lashon Hara, because she said she had the spiritual disease called, commonly translated as leprosy, because she said Lashon Hara, she said the disparaging language about Moshe. She got Taras. By Isaac Moshe Hashem, Moshe cries out Hashem Lemor, Kel Narifan Allah. Hashem, you should heal her. He davened for her, and what happened? It worked. This worked. Here's another example. It says uh, in Parshas Shwach. Uh, it says in Parshas Shwach that when uh, that uh, that Moshe changed Yeshua's name. His name was Hosea, and it says that he changed his name. His name was Hosea Ben Nun. So Rashi says, how did Moshe change his name? His father of love, he davened for him. He added a, a yud to his name, should spell yud hey. Instead of Hoshea, hey vav shin ayin, right? Uh, it spelled, it spelled yud hey, which is Hashem's name. Hashem should save you from the council of the, of the, of the spies. You find these examples, you see many examples here of people davening for other people. Um... Here's, a, here's another example. It says in Parshas Vayera, it says in Parshas Vayera that Avraham davened for Avimelech. Vayispalel. Vayispal Avraham Elohim, Vayipa Elohim is Avimelech. Avimelech became sick because he abducted Sarah. So, so Avraham davened for him. Avraham davened for him. Right? And what happened? He became better. He became better because he davened for him. Took away the disease that, that, was, that, that Abimelech and his household was stricken with. You see, again, that a prayer for him on behalf of somebody else helps. There's an interesting chazal uh, here, which we all know. In the next pasuk, after it says that Abraham davened for Abimelech, it says, Vashem pocket of Sarah, then Sarah became pregnant. Rashi says, what's the connection between Sarah becoming pregnant? And Avraham davening for Avimelech. Rashi says that uh, the juxtaposition between the two pasios is um, he says, Lulamdechu just come to teach you somebody who davens for somebody else and they need the same thing. That person gets uh, answered first because you see Avraham davened for Abimelech. But then the Torah tells us that Sarah became pregnant. So, you, so you, Avraham was answered first. 
Although he wasn't quite doubling for the same thing for Avi Melech. Well, he was. Because but he was. He also right. He was because it was the the, the 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 what happened to him was is that he, he was not. A, he was all right, which is kind of like being pregnant. The baby's not coming out. So it was the same. It was the same thing. He done for a work. That's an interesting right. So you done with somebody. Not only does it help when you done with somebody else, but also if you need that, which somebody else needs. You get answered first. What's the explanation for this? So I found, uh, I have this safer called, uh, uh, it's called a Techeles Mordechai. Techeles Mordechai, from Rabbi Mordechai Kalatsky. He was a Rav in uh, Dorchester, Massachusetts. Yeah, he's not too old. He was, uh, you know, he's an old. In, um, he's a Rav in Dorchester, Massachusetts. So he has a, he has all kinds of different interesting things here. He has uh, completions that he said on on the Talmud Bavli on the Mishnah, uh, different questions, Shalat uh, Vichuvas. So in the back of his book, he has commentary on the Torah. He has a commentary on the Torah in the back of his book, the Tchelus Mordechai. So he has a commentary on Pashas on Pashas. Um, Lech Lecha. There's a commentary on Parshas Lech Lecha. It says here, let me just uh, find the place. Um, in his commentary on Parshas Lech Lecha, he says, it says like this, Sarah Eishas Abraham lo yod the Lord. Sarah was unable to have children. So she had a, uh, she had a uh, maidservant, whom we all know, her name was Hagar. That's what she had. Okay? So what did Sora do? Sora decided, it says, Hashem Hashem is not giving me uh, children. So you have children from, uh, have the children from Hagar. Maybe if she, if uh, I will build from her. So Rashi says, what does it mean I will build from her? Rashi says, Somebody doesn't have children is, is considered like destroyed. What does it mean I build from her? If I if I will if I will uh, bring uh, my competition inside inside my house with that reward, I will also have children too. So that's the explanation for this. So Rabbi Mordechai Kolatsko, what? The competition he means by what? It wasn't a competition initially. Well, it's called it's called a second wife is automatic competition. That's what the Gemara says in uh, in in Tractate Yevamis. Even though the Torah permits polygamy, um, but uh, the, the Torah calls Yevamis the reality of having two wives is that they call them tsaris. They call tsaris because they're competition with each other. Each one is a Torah for the other one. So automatic, she said that they are bring a Torah into my house with this chush. What? Okay, I'll accept the wife because of the holy. And then I, all I have to do is the Right, but I think the is the husband has to have two separate houses for, for them, so they have to clean your own house. Forget about it. Right. So, what's the explanation for this? What was she saying? So, Rabbi Kolachko says that we just learned the Kormis Baba Chaberunan here, somebody who dives to somebody else gets answered first if they need that. What's the reason for that? Why do they get answered first? So he says, because neither can make neither, measure for measure. If a person, uh, the same way that a person says, a person needs, let's say, for example, to have children. Right? So what do they do? They put somebody else first before their need. Meaning, I need to have children and she needs to have children. I'm for her, she should have children. 
So what's the nigga? What did I do? I put her first before me. What should be measure for measure? That I should be first before her. Therefore, somebody who uh, somebody therefore somebody who davens for somebody else gets the answer first because it's me that me that Hashem pays them measure for measure. Here. Why? For somebody, so you can be, so you get it first. Huh? Sincere, so, what? Let me just say one second. Answer one second. So, therefore, since, says Rabbi since she tried that Abraham should have children through Hagar, the measure for, is the meaning that she put Abraham before herself, right? So, therefore, so to speak, she was answered first that she would have to, uh, that the children should be through, uh, through, through her instead of Abraham. She was. But that's what she was thinking. She was thinking that if she would do it, she would have the schools that she would have the children. Okay, he doesn't say, right, it's not exactly. That's what Rabbi Kalatsko says from Massachusetts. She was trying. So there's the school she was at. What do you want to say, Ezra? Let's say you uh, you don't have money and you want to, so you're looking for somebody who doesn't have money to daven for him so so you daven no, for him so you get money right. Yeah, yeah. If you but you have to be sincere. You really want to daven and the person you should pray that the other person should have money. You're sincere. You want them to. You want them to have it. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess you could do that. I guess you could do that. Right. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk. We're going to. We're going to explain. We're going to explain this. We're going to explain this at the end. We give us a chance. We're going to explain this at the end. We're going to explain what it means to Dobbin. So here, um, I have this uh, stencil, Xerox copy of a response called the Tzil Nevishchai, which was written by Rabbi Nathan, Rabbi Zevor's Leiter. And uh, in his response in Simon Memzayan, he has the following question. He was asked that there, he hears that there were young men who go out to war. And when they go out to war, so their, their custom is they leave their parents' house and they go to a tzaddik, they go to a righteous person, and they ask him for a bracha, and he gives them a mezuzah. He gives them a mezuzah, and they take a mezuzah, and they place it around their neck for, uh, that it should be a protector for protection. So is it mutter to do such a thing? Is it permissible to do such a thing? That's the question that he was asked. Is it permissible to put a mezuzah around your neck? Because a mezuzah belongs on a door. It doesn't belong around a person's neck. Is a person right? Is a person allowed to go to a tzaddik and receive this mezuzah and get a and get a, and get a blessing? That's the question that he was asked. This is the this is the shayla that the Tzion Levish Chai was posed. Uh, and it's related to our discussion because we're, we're, we're talking about the general topic of davening for somebody else. Okay? And the efficacy, the efficacy of that davening. So, he says that we find in the, uh, the Gemara and Brachos. The Gemara and Brachos on page 3b says like this. The Gemara and Brachos says that David um, HaMelech, so the Jew, when, as soon as it became light, the Jewish people used to come to King David, and they said to him, um, we have an economic crisis. What should we do? The society, we're not making any money. 
So he said to them, <laughs> right, we're giving you a bailout. <laughs> so he said to them, go and uh, make business from each other. What do you want, I mean, what do you want from me? Uh, you know, work it out. Get the economists and uh, go call uh, Rabbi Allen uh, and ask him what to do. Uh, raise the interest rate, lower the, you know, lower the interest rate, whatever needs to be done. And uh, make a business through the bailout and work it out. So they said to him, Ain Kremitz Begadud Miyad Masbiyasari. No, a drop is not going to satisfy the lion and the, and, the, and the pit cannot be filled with its own dirt that, that, that's filled out. So he would say to him, Okay, if that's the case, Amalam, Luchu, Posh, Tadech, and Big Dude, go and uh, conquer a country, and uh, that will cause you to uh, have a prosperity. <coughs> so what would they do? Miyad Yoytim Bachitoifel, so they would go to Achitoifel, and they would ask him advice, and then he's like, this, this, is the, this is the key that we want. And they would ask advice from the Sanhedrin from the rabbinical court. So what does it mean they would ask the advice from the rabbinical court? Rashi says, They would ask permission from the Sanhedrin whether they're allowed to go out to war. Okay? And why would they ask them permission? In order that the Sanhedrin should daven for them. They would ask for permission in order that the Sanhedrin should daven for them. As they went, you see... You see that they went to, uh, before they went out to war, they asked the, uh, the rabbinical court that they should pray for them, that they should be successful. Okay? Now, this is, believe it or not, brought this is brought la'alocha. This is brought la'alocha, that it say, here, you know, there's a special prayer that we say, called Tzila Saderach, that one goes out onto the Simon Kuf Yud in Orchayim, uh, 110, number 4. It says there's a special few that one has to say when one goes out into the road, one goes leaves the city, one travels. One has to say a few called Shilas Adek, printed in every sitter. So on this, there's a... Yeah, right. That prayer, so one has to say that, to Mitzvah to say that, this is a dinat halacha. Um, so the... Um, here, there's a commentary called the Atera So that's the bracha that they say when they were engaging in war? What? That's they're going on a trip. To invade a country. Oh, they a country. When they're going to, when they were, this, this we're talking about that they were going, they were going, right. Now, so here's the Atera Zikinim. There is a mimic, there is a custom that whenever one travels on the road, you want to go to Israel, you want to go to Kansas, you want to go to Tampa Bay. You want to go, you want to go, there's a minute, there's a custom to go to a big rabbi, to go to a gadol and ask him for a bracha, to ask him for a blessing. Where's this custom from, the Nagadolim? Yishmach says that there's a king. You know where the source of this is? It's from this Gemara and Brachos that we said on page 3B. This Gemara and Brachos that the, the army used to go and ask permission from the rabbinical court. Uh, in order that they should daven for them, that they should be successful. This is the source for the custom that whenever one travels, one should go to the rabbi to ask him for a brach. So you see, not, not, only, not only is it effective for one to pray for somebody else, but it is also a mitzvah for the person who uh, is interested in the uh, endeavor that they're going to the go upon and upon. There's a mitzvah, there's a custom, or there's a, there's, there, there, there is a, 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 a fine way to ask that one should go to a government, one should go to a rabbi and ask them for a bracha so that they should daven for them, that they should be successful. 
seems to say something. Uh, see the Gemara in Tainus on page um, on page eight A seems to say that it doesn't have to be a wise person; it can also be a chassid. It could be a righteous person. Uh, the Gemara says on page eight A that if somebody davens and they're not answered, what should what's the what should, what's the what's the, what's the uh, um, remedy for this. They should go to the righteous person of the generation. Now it doesn't say that he should be a, a wise person like a Tamachot and Torah scholar, but the righteous person of the generation, and they should daven for them. What's the difference between a righteous person and uh, a Torah scholar? So this is interesting. I was thinking like this today. There's, you know, there's a story with, uh, with Choni Amago. Uh, Choni, the circle maker. The other year, Choni, the circle maker. Page 23a in Metracte Tinus. Choni, the circle maker. So it says here. I probably told the story upstairs. Uh, why not? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. No, it's a different one. So Choni, the circle maker. Choni the circle maker on page 20 appears on page 23a in Tractatinus. So the Gemara says it based upon the Mishnah. The Gemara here says that what happened to Choni was is that he um, Choni. There's, the Gemara relates different stories of different rabbis when it didn't rain and they would daven for the Jewish people and rain would come. So Choni, what he did was he made a circle. He stepped inside the circle. He said, "I'm not going to come out of the circle unless it rains." And, it, and it, the Gemara says that he basically it rained. So then the Gemara has a very interesting story about Choni. Uh, it says that Choni went to sleep for 70 years. He was, it says that he was bothered by the following pasuk his entire life. Choni Amago, it's we say before we daven. Right, we say like this. What do we say before we bench? We say Shira Malos Hayinu Kecholmim. A song, right, to, to uh, Shira Malos Hayinu Kecholmim. We will be like we were sleeping. So what is this referring to? This is referring to the exile of the. Uh, this is referring to the exile to the Golis of Babel. How long was the Golis of Babel? For seventy years. The Choni Abaga was bothered by this explanation in this pasuk. How could it be seventy years? How could a person sleep for 70 years? It would be like when we were sleeping for 70 years. How could a person sleep for 70 years? So the Gemara tells a story that, that, uh, that what happened to him was is that he actually fell asleep. He fell asleep by a rock for 70 years. That's what happened to Choni Amad. He fell asleep for 70 years. Um, so after he woke up, after 70 years, he went home. And the Gemara said nobody reckoned, nobody, the Gemara says nobody knew it, nobody believed him who he was. So the Gemara says he went to the Beis HaMadrash. He went to the Beis HaMadrash, he went to the, to the Yeshiva. And he said, and he heard them saying, Oh, we're learning so well today. It's like, it's like, it's like the days of Choni Amago. It's like the days of Choni Amago that whenever Choni Amago we used to come to the Beis HaMadrash, whenever Choni Amago used to come to the Yeshiva, all questions were answered, there were no questions. That's like we feel like today. So he walked into the base manager and he said, I am, this is me, I'm Choni Amago. So he said they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. So the Gemara says, he says, if they don't believe me, nobody believes me, oh Chavusa, oh Misusa, either I should have a friend, either I should have friendship, or rather I should have death. And he davened that he should die and he died. As the Gemara says. 
He said, it's not worth living if I don't have any friends. So the mashor here asks, the mashor asks, wait a minute, if they said that today in Yeshiva, it's like Honi Amah goes around whatever question was asked, he answered, why didn't he tell them, ask me any question, I'll answer it. He knew the Torah. He should have told them the Torah. Yeah. So the Mashur says, no, they did ask him all the questions. He answered all the questions. But he was no longer a circle maker. He can no longer perform the miracle. He didn't have the opportunity to perform the miracle of, of making it rain by standing in the circle. Kony Amaga didn't have the opportunity. That's the difference between a Torah scholar and a chassid. A right? That's already a, a righteous person. A person a righteous person who can perform miracles, so to speak. That was Choni Amado. So it sounds like from the morning time, that you don't, you don't have to go to the Torah scholar. You can go to a chassid also. Is it possible to be a chassid without being a Torah scholar? So that's, we can debate that. A before he went to sleep, but then he was Right, he didn't, well, yeah. He didn't have the opportunity to be. He didn't have the opportunity to be. His powers were off, right? They didn't see him perform the actions like Choni. That's the difference between a between a Choni Amago and a Torah scholar. That you can perform these these uh, these miracles. You make it rain by standing in the circle, Choni the circle maker. So you see, you can go to also to such a person. You go to such a person also. Yeah. Right. Okay. What? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe hidden ones. <coughs> Maybe there are hidden ones. Well, what? Where, where are we going to go to? No, you have to go to the map. But Chassid means uh, a few persons. I'm not talking about someone who performs miracles, right? Right. 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 It means, yeah, I'm just saying he's a Chassid, right. Now, so as far as going to the righteous person and asking them, as far as going to the righteous person and asking them, to uh, asking the, the righteous person to pray for them so that they should be healed or they should be successful in their endeavors. That's a solid minic. That's a solid custom which is rooted in the Talmud Bavli as we saw in Brachos 3b and Barabbasra 116a and in Titus 8b. Right, we saw that that is rooted and that there is a kingdom and it's quoted all over so therefore it, it is prudent to go and ask a, a righteous person to daven for them whenever a person is out. What about the mezuzah? So says the Tiyam and Nefesh Chaya that it would seem from the Rambam that one is not allowed to do this. Why? Because the Rambam says the following thing. The Rambam in the laws of Philip, chapter 5, law number, uh, law number 4, says like this. Minig Pashat, Shekosah Mezuzah Mechutz Kinei Yarev Shebena Pashat Pashat Shakai. It is the simple custom that on every mezuzah, on the outside of the mezuzah, we write the words Shin Dalit Yud, which is Hashem's name. Right? We all know this. The aim is the This is not that. This is not a detriment. This does not damage the mezuzah because the name appears on the outside of the parchment, not on the inside. Right? You roll the shakai on the outside. But those people who put names of angels on the inside of the mezuzah, or shemis kedoshim, or names of holy people, or possibly add verses, or chosmos, or they add signatures. That person doesn't have a portion of the world to come. 
says the Rambam. On the inside of the mezuzah, if you put the name on the inside of the mezuzah, it's not sufficient that the mezuzah itself is disqualified is disqualified by adding the names of angels or righteous people inside the mezuzah instead what they did is they took the big mitzvah which is of the mezuzah which is knowing that Hashem is one and loving Him and serving Him that's the whole point of the mitzvah of the mezuzah they made it like into a special amulet for their own pleasure the way they figured out whatever their foolish heart says is going to work this is, they think that this is going to help them with, uh, with, the, with the nothingness of the world so a person you could say person is thinks he's going to put a mezuzah tan around their neck make a necklace so who decided that that's who they, why they decided that that's going to help them they decided that's a shmir they decided that's going to keep them that's going to help he says no that doesn't that, that doesn't help it doesn't say any way that that helps so they, they should be included in Islam and that it's prohibited to do such a thing when you say the bedra no, they wrote down the names of the tzaddikim inside oh, the mezuzah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, yes, they went to tell him right, right. So he is saying is that those tzaddikim, quote unquote, are maybe not such tzaddikim. Oh, okay. Well, he wants to know it's mutalaloka. You allowed to go to quote unquote this tzaddik and you give you a mezuzah. I don't know. Doesn't say. That's a very good question. Doesn't say. Now more than this. More than this, he quotes a Sefer Akonah that says, who said that it should be that the mezuzah should keep a person from dying and not getting sick? Maybe I shouldn't read this part. He says, no, just the opposite. Sometimes when a person passes away or suffers pain, sometimes it's a merit. It gets them to all the mabu and gets them to the world to come, as we discussed on many occasions. Right, so no, no, to, right, if a person suffers pain sometimes and they die, that gives them to all the mabu. Like we saw in the Gemara, the Gemara in uh, tractate you want page eighty six a. That's that's an atonement. The Gemara says that in Sanhedrin also that, that this was an that, that death sometimes is an atonement. So who says that the Mizrahi is going to keep a person from dying? Maybe he's a person supposed to die. Chas v'shalom. I'll see you something. You you asked. Uh, I don't know. And I think it will be interesting. So, how you can change how the tree is? Has some kind of note? That's not going to Why? It has some kind of note. Why? We're going to deal with that. We're going to ask that question. You never give up. We're going to ask that question. We're going to ask that question. One, one second. Just one minute. Let's finish the chuba. Let's finish the response. So he says, how if that, so it seems from this Rambam and this Sefer corner that you can't put a mezuzah around your neck. However, the Mishnah in Tractate Kalim, chapter 17, Mishnah number 16, discussing which vessels uh, become spiritually impure, can have the potential to become spiritually impure, cannot become spiritually impure. One of the examples that is giving is, is, is a makil, a stick, she is, will base keyboard.
said as a receptacle mezuzah for, for mezuzahs and margolias and diamonds. So what? It, what? Because if you have if you have a, a, a like a stick or a pole that has a receptacle in it that you could stick into it a mezuzah or or diamond or your jewelry that is because future impure because that is classified in halacha in legal legal uh, legal Jewish law as a vessel and therefore it can become spiritually impure. So on this, on the, that, that's what the Mishnah says. So the Tosis Yontif in his second explanation says, what are we talking about here? So we have a stick that you can put a mezuzah into. Says the Tosis Yontif, here it is. He's there, basically mezuzah, it's possible that maybe the people at the time of the Mishnah, in the whatever it is, 200 C, 100 C, or earlier, maybe they carried a mezuzah with them together. They thought this was a mitzvah of a shmirlam, and this kept them, kept them, uh, protected them. So you see, in his choices, Yantif, you see, in his choices, Yantif, such a thing. It's such a thing. People used to put in carry mezuzah with them for protection. They thought it helped them, says the Vedas. More, more than this, he says. More than this, he says, is that he found in the responsa, in the, in the, uh, he found that in the mafteach, in the table of contents, in the response of the Chavis Yoyer, it says that he has a respondent that discusses this issue, but he didn't find the response is not printed in the Chavis Yoyer itself. Whether you, whether you know, you can. But then he says he found another response called the Mishpat Tzedek from one of the uh, Svarik Gedolim in Simon Lamates. It says that he was asked this question, and he said, he said that, uh, that it's permissible if a person does this. See, if he wants to do it, since he's doing it in order to protect themselves, they're allowed to do it. So the basic, the, the, the final contemporary halachic practice is that we don't do this. This is not our custom. But if somebody does that, it's not prohibited. They want to put a mezuzah on their neck to protect them, fine. You know, a covered mezuzah. You can't go into the bathroom. It has to be double covered. It has to be double covered. It has to be double covered. But certainly, certainly if they go... Certainly if they go and ask a, 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 a righteous person or a Torah scholar, if they're going out to war or on a trip or on something, there's certainly a custom for sure, if not a din, if not a halacha, to ask them to be bespalled, to pray for them. And like we said, we see in, 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 in the Chumash that this is regular. This is, this is, uh, this is the way it goes. This is, the, this is the custom. Everybody down for everybody else. We see the Avram Davin, Davin for Sora. Uh, Yaakov uh, Davin should have Davin Yitzchak Davin for Rivka Moshe Davin for everybody else so we see that this is I know that this is effective to, to Davin for somebody else and it, and it becomes more and more effective if you're a tzaddik so now we have two questions one question is Bela's question and the other question is my question first question is like this and this is the classic question that everybody poses always with Davin question like this God is omniscient he's all knowing he created us and gives us everything we need. So therefore, it goes like this. He, if he knows what we need, and he's our father, he gives us what we need. So he, what say? Wait, wait, let me just finish the question. So if it goes like this. If we need it, Hashem gives it to us. If we don't need it, Hashem doesn't give it. He won't give it to us because we don't need it. So what are we doing asking? What are we asking for? We're asking, if we don't have it, then we don't need it. If we have it, we need it. So what are we asking for? What do you say, Bela? No, Natalia. That's not that much of a problem. That goes back to, like, for example, when Hashem created the world, 
its potential and everything was underneath and it says that nothing grew until man came along to pray for rain. So it's understood. Then why? Because why? Because we need to do our part. Why? Because we want to do our part. Why? Because the question is why? Because Hashem wants us to do that. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Hashem is saying good. Hashem is saying good. So when Hashem is saying good. Okay. Right, Hashem wants to have a relationship with him. That, that's, that's the base of the community is going to say this. So one second here. So, yeah, so we're going to say Sharon's chat. But I just want to say the second question. The second question is, what does it have to ask a tzaddik? What is a tzaddik going to do more than I'm going to do? And what does a tzaddik have to ask? Why is a tzaddik better? Why is a tzaddik better? If he's close to Hashem, but again... If I need it, then Hashem gives it to me. If I don't need it, Hashem doesn't give it to me. So it doesn't help for me to ask, what does the tzaddik ask? If I don't need it, what is the tzaddik going to get it for me for? I don't need it. That's why I don't have it. Maybe you should have it, but Hashem wants you to have it to have it. Why? Because Why? you need to grow. Oh, is that Sharon? Is that Sharon's yeah. shot? So when are we going to get to Sharon's shot? What? What? Rene, you have a question? No, well, yeah, well, I feel that I don't think that God creates. Right. God does not control. Okay, yeah, so God creates, He doesn't control, therefore. So? But He gives. Doesn't He give? Well, He gives when you ask. Why? Why? My que- our question is why? Why? Because even though he's supposed to know everything that we want, he that sometimes we have to take the extra step. Why? The question is why? Why do we have to pray with him? Why do we have to take the extra step? Why? He's giving us what we need. That's what that's what we are. But we say this every single morning. God opens up his hands and he satisfies every human being. He provides everybody what they need. Provides them with their emotional needs, their physical needs, their, their, their everything. So what, a little bit he takes away so that he should ask. Yeah, miracle's part of it, but why? Why does he want us to do it? We believe in miracles, so, but why, but why do we have to ask? Why do we have to ask? So we don't take it for granted. What? So we don't take it for granted. So, so we don't take it. So we don't take it. Oh, so you're saying, shot again, you're saying, then, fine, that's good, so we don't take it, that's a good answer, so we don't take it for granted, that's good. I you know that allowance yes. Right. So he said, if I want to see my son more often, I'll have to give him the allowance weekly so that he'll come weekly. So if I send him to the school, he wouldn't ever come to Dominic. Right. And he wanted to come to Dominic. Right. Why? So, so the base of Lukim is like this. The base of Lukim is like this. When he talked about Moshe, then Moshe was saying, I am um, um, uh, heavy, heavy problem. Right. He didn't, he didn't, uh, him, but he didn't ask him. He didn't ask him. He wanted him to ask. Because he never asked, so therefore he never answered him. Right. That's what Ramban says this over there. Moshe never got answered because he never asked that Hashem should make him better. True. 
This is the question. This is the question. This is central question of Tfila. Now, why? A hundred percent. So, therefore, we are allowed to ask. We're supposed to ask. We're supposed to ask. Now, why are we asking? Says the Beis Elokim in his in his Gate of the Tefillah, chapter two. Says like this. He says. The purpose of davening is not that Hashem should answer us. That's not the purpose of davening. The purpose of prayer is not that Hashem should answer. The base of Lukim. It is to show. It is to show. That there is nobody that it is befitting to ask for anything. Only to God. The only one that one can ask for something is for God. And is to recognize that a person is, doesn't have anything themselves. Everything in this world. The Amy Shimakus and the that it's only going to be them. It's only going to be that God can provide for them what they need. We have to come, we have to grow to come to such a recognition, like Sharon said and Marvin said. We have to be able to articulate in front of Hashem what we're lacking. Not that He should answer and give it to us. But but to show that we understand that He's the only one who can give it. That's the reason why we daven. So therefore, we're not daven he should give us, because he's giving us what we need. We don't know better what we need than he knows. But we're davening because we recognize that he's the one who's going to give it if we need it. That doesn't explain davening for other people. Wait a minute. Wait one second. Avo. What? Avo. Lo shitiyat filo letachos asogis amavukash. It's not for what we're seeking. Right? Which would appear that if I knew for sure that I would not be answered, that I wouldn't daven anyway. Mm-hmm. So, of course I'm going to daven, even if I know for sure I'm not going to answer. Because I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not asking, what I'm saying is that I know that if it would be what I'm missing, that Hashem is the one who can give it to me. What do you say, Bela? Yeah, of course it answers the question. It doesn't, because it's, let's, say, let's say you know that you're not supposed to have, that God doesn't want you to have a child. But you're praying anyway for what? You show that you understand that you can't give yourself a child? Oh. I know I can't. Oh, so now it's like this. Now it's like this. Now, says of Yaakov Weinberg, now it's like this. As soon as I finish davening, and I come to the recognition is that Hashem is the only one who can provide. Now I have become a different person than I was before I started to daven. And the person who started to daven before they daven does not deserve a child. But the person who has davened already and now knows that it's Hashem who provides is the person who deserves a child. I grew through the davening. I became a better person. Okay. Now Hashem is going to... Now I'm going to give me the child. That's why I had a problem. Because I went to a sermon once. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just finish this. So one thing. Therefore, this explains why we daven three times a day. 
What kind of Mishagat is this? You ask Hashem for a child once. Then you ask him a second time. And then you ask him a third time. And then you do tomorrow again. You ask what? What kind of chutzpah is that? You come to the milk. You ask once. He says yes or no. But you're asking again and again. Why? Terrence is because the purpose is not that he should say yes or no. It's the purpose that I should change. Once I change, maybe the answer will be different. What do you say? I went to one of these like classes where a woman was saying yeah. about dominating if somebody didn't have children. And the way she put it is, if the woman didn't have children after dominating, you know what it means? That yeah. she didn't daven hard enough. That's, that's a shekher. That's a shekher. It's a lie. Okay, this is a lie. At some point, a woman has to say when she's 41 years old is, and didn't have a child, that God did not intend me to have a child. Excuse me if I tell you this. I, excuse me if I tell you this. You're preaching to the choir. This is ignorance. Okay, but of unbelievable proportion. If a woman doesn't have a child, she's an old man. She's first, of all, first of all, she is. We said this before. We were saying, first of all, we spoke about this. The Gemara says in Tractate in the Dharma, page 64, that one of the four people that considered that they're no longer alive is one who doesn't have children. A woman, not a woman. And that's what it says, by the, that's what Rachel said. If you don't give me children, I'm dead. No. So, who, who has them considered them not alive? No, this is the, so the, the reality. No, no, it's the Gemara. This is not our topic. This is not our topic. This is the Gemara. You have to deal with the Gemara. The Gemara says this in Chaitna 164. The Talmud says that on page 64. What does it say on page 16? In the door, it says the person who has children is considered a dead. But on another page it says that you keep somebody else's children like if you're a child. Fine, so then you come with solutions. It doesn't mean that you have to have a child. Right, right. 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 That's not a contradiction. What do you say, Sharon? Of course, you should make specific Yes, you're supposed to make specific requests. Because again, according to this perspective, according to this perspective, according to this perspective, you make specific requests. You come to recognition that those that there's only one address for that request. There's only one address. That's the recognition we come to. There's only one address. This is what Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg said. Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg said that we say the words Moedem Anachnulach. We say the words that we, what does the word Moedem mean? Uh, what? It means, it gives thanks, but the translation of the word is Haidah, which means admit. What does it mean, admit? Admit, admit means, I really don't want to say that I took the cookie from the cookie jar, but I admit it. Because what can I do? I admit it. So when I say I admit that Hashem, you gave me my nisham, or you gave my family, or you gave me my house, or you gave my health, whatever, that means I really don't want to admit, but I'm going to admit anyway. The same word for thank you and admitting is the same word in Hebrew, so, so that means that what? That means that my nature is, the human being's nature is not to admit. Why is that? The reason is because Hashem created us that we should earn our reward in the world to come. It shouldn't be a handout. Therefore, we have an inner subconscious desire to be independent. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you to help me. I can do it myself. But when it comes, when it comes to Hashem, we have to admit that we do need the Rabbana Shalala. That we can't be by ourselves. That's why we say Moedim. We're admitting anyway. 
a person has to come to this recognition that the Rabbanisham is the one who provides. That is the purpose of davening. The purpose of davening is to understand that Hashem is the one who provides. Ah. So, with this, we explain, we have a few more minutes. With this, he explained, or Yaakov Weinberg explained, the machlokis between the Rambam and the Ramban. There's a famous machlokis, there's a dispute between the Rambam and the Ramban, which is quoted by the Mishnah Brura. Uh, in Orachayim Simen Kuvvav number one, 106 number one, the Rambam he says holds that he says that yes, the Rambam holds He holds that davening is a mitzvah minatora. That davening is a is a positive commandment. But since it's a, since there is no the, the the Torah does not give whatever the source is now is not for now. Since the Torah does not give a specific formulation for the davening. Therefore, whatever one says, one fulfills their obligation. Therefore, according to the Rambam, if one davens once a day, or if one davens anything, they fulfill their Torah obligation. Because the Nusach, the formulation of the davening, is rabbinical. Because the Torah does not give any uh, rabbinic requirements. However, the Ramban holds that the Ramban holds that the daven, davening is, even though it's a reality that one davens and it's effective, like we see from the Torah that, that people daven to Hashem and He answer them, but He holds that the mitzvah of davening is rabbinical in nature. And therefore, since the rabbi instituted, a person has to daven to fulfill the mitzvah, whatever the rabbi has instituted. So the, the, the difference, he says, is that where, how much women are obligated to daven. That's not our discussion for now. But as for Yaakov Weinberg, if that's the case, if that's the case, then, like this, why, how does the, 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 Ram, the Ramban hold there's no mitzvah to daven? The Ramban holds there is a mitzvah to daven. According to the Ramban, what kind of this is, is a mitzvah to daven? The mitzvah is, what are we doing when we daven, according to our assumption, is we ask Hashem to give us something. So why would Hashem command us to ask Him to give us something? He would want us to come our own and ask Him. Right? Yeah. You want to ask a king what? The king commanded me to come ask him if he give him a car. So I ask him a car. I'll decide whether I give him a car or not. Why was there a mitzvah for me to ask? Why does Hashem mitzvah for me that I should ask him? No, the mitzvah, the, the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah, no, mitzvah, no, the davening is asking. Prayer is to ask for your needs. That's prayer. That's not it. Prayer is asking. The definition of prayer, and the Beit Kim himself defines this also, that the definition of prayer, in the beginning he says, is to ask for your needs. That's his definition of prayer. That's the first definition. That's the dean of how you should pray. The formulation. But the, that's true, but the definition of prayer is, for who, says the Beit the, Kim. The, the, the asking from the Ask something which they don't have in their possession. The way to do it is to praise Hashem, this, that, whatever, but the main is to ask. That, 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 that is done. So how could it be according to the Rambam? There's a mitzvah that we, Hashem was commanded us that we can ask Him. We ask Him, He says yes or no. The answer is He's commanding us to serve Him. Davening is a service. It is a way to grow in our relationship and recognition of the provider. It's not that we it's asking. Right? The asking is only a way to be to affect the service. Therefore Hashem commands us, He says, This is the way I want it. I want that you should be close to me, you should recognize that I'm the source of what I give you. That's the shot. Okay. Now uh, I'm sorry, we're going at two minutes over time. 
the, now I want to explain why is it better to ask a tzaddik. According to everything we said, why is it better to ask a tzaddik for me to daven? Why isn't somebody else praising somebody else better? At least in the, according to this, to ask a tzaddik. Why is the custom to ask a tzaddik? Answer is passionate. Because what's the whole, the simple? What's the whole point of davening? What's the whole point of davening? You should come closer to Hashem. Who knows better to come closer to Hashem? Me or the tzaddik? Me or Choyni Amagal? Choyni Amagal is better to come closer to Hashem. And what do we want? We want that, uh, that, 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 that Hashem should answer once we change in our closeness to Him. Right? That's what we want. So who's better? Me, me, me or the tzaddik? The tzaddik, of course. The tzaddik is better. So therefore, I go to the tzaddik. I ask the tzaddik. I say, the tzaddik, daven for me that I should become healthy. Daven should become healthy. So if I daven, I'm not going to get as close to God as he will when he daven. So if he gets closer, he has the more capability, Hashem will answer him maybe. But he's not going to answer me necessarily. So therefore, better to ask him than to ask me. I have a question on that. You said that part of davening and asking is growing and changing. Right. But if someone else davens for me, I'm not changing. No, but he's changing. He is, but why am I going to get those? But he's getting it. For you. And Sharon is saying good. Sharon is saying good because I went to ask him. So now I'm different because I hold that he's, I hold he's a tzaddik. And now I have a relationship with a righteous person. But how do you like a tzaddik and he's not feeling you? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Better to go to Tony Scala because the Tony Scala you for sure know. No, it's both, not better. No, I didn't say it's better. You have a choice. It's both. The minute you should ask him to down for you also. That's what I want to share with everybody this show. This week, I mean. I'm good in Shabbos.